The following podcast has been approved for restricted audiences only. It may contain adult themes, expletive language, sexual content, and some graphic nudity. Cut two and its producers must insist that no one takes this podcast or its content seriously. Sit back, grab a drink, and cut to the podcast. All right, first episode. First first episode. Here we are. Here we go. Cheers to that, mate. Cheers to everyone at home who's watching, I hope. Cut to the podcast. Essentially, we've pulled it together. We've got a bunch of segments. I'm bringing something to each segment that you don't know about, and you're doing the same, and we discuss. It's as simple as that. It's video first, right? But it will be available across all your audio podcast uh, platforms. We've got our good friend Gordy providing audio descriptions for that. So I can't wait to see how that comes out. And it will be released on YouTube as well. But we'd encourage everyone to hit up cut2.com because that is indeed where we will be releasing the video. All the show notes as well with link outs to everything that we discuss. And if you sign up to the mailing list, you will get it 24 hours ahead of time, Thursday at 9 p.m. instead of Friday at 9 p.m. And there's also there's also special content as well, behind the scenes stuff, Ooh. all the bits where we fuck up and <laughs> make make absolute asses of ourselves, and and some and some golden content. I mean, this sounds great because I don't even know what that bonus content is. So this is this is great. This is so great. <laughs> well, we we did we did do a pilot episode, and I think there might be some some gold dust in there that we oh, could geez. sprinkle to our to our you know our yeah. diehard fans. Yeah, which I think. I think my wife is even still to become a diehard fan. Yeah, my mom also. <laughs> she has she has like the Facebook page, but I don't think she signed up to to the email. No, yet. I was going to so, ask you. I was going to ask you how many people have signed up. We've got one subscriber so far, and his name is Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Is, Let's give him a shout. My test, my test email. <laughs> shout out to Finn. Shall we, shall we shall we just kick it? Let's let's introduce each other because some people will know you, some people will know me, some will know both of us, but some will know nada about either of us. So do you want to go first? Introduce yourself. What it is you do? What are your aspirations, Martin? Oh man, my aspirations have just been completely flattened this year. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm Martin. I'm Martin McLeod. I am a filmmaker. I'm a recent graduate and uh, I am a freelancer. I've been running my own little production house for a few years now, um, but all of that crumbled before my eyes this year and I ended up uh, create, co-creating a non-profit called Tunes in the House, which is a, an online Scottish music community which has blown up over the years. So I've been very fortunate with that and now that's pretty much a full-time gig whilst I try and figure out how to get back to the things I am really fully passionate about. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's that's me. How about yourself, Finn? Who are you? What do you do? So I'm Finn. Uh, I've been working with video basically for, for 15 years. That is my focus. However, I couple that with education. I've been a college lecturer. I've uh, done a bunch of other things. I do a lot of training as well. Uh, this year has likewise. <laughs> a lot of work just went poof. Haven't been able to hire any freelancers this year, except for yourself once, of course. So that's been um, really tough. And I've spent the year diversifying even further. So I've been working on an online platform for training, equipment, and support. 
I'm also uh, working in machine learning and computer vision now as well through a company. I'm partnering with a company called Bitwise Agronomy and we're working in ag tech to uh, do computer vision for crop analysis and insights. So that's pretty interesting. I'm not, I'm like, I'm a kind of tech guy as you are a tech guy, um, but I'm in no way, shape or form a coder. So this year has been quite, quite a shift change. So mm. I've been busier than ever, but I've made <laughs> less no money than ever as well. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel like this is like my first year in business all over yeah. again, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, it's it's not been easy, but other people have have had a tougher time of it. For sure. So yeah, this year's been tough for everyone. But good news, good news, what's the good news? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this, this podcast? Biden, Biden for president. Ah, oh, yeah. Donald I mean, Trump. Yeah. Kicked, kicked in the balls. I mean, it doesn't make me feel that much better about our political situation, but it's, it's, you know, it's a step in the right direction. So congrats to Biden. If you're watching this, thumbs up from me. Biden, head to head to cut2.com. That's cut2. Cut dash dash two. Two. Yep. And sign up. And you get the show a whole 24 hours early. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's got anything well, else to be he's doing. He's got some time. Yeah, it's like, yeah he's, he's got time on his we'll send you a free pint glass. <laughs> With that said, I've got an awesome piece of content to share. Uh, this popped up today, and without further ado, you, you'll probably know the guy. Some, some people will, some people won't. Republicans are red, <laughs> Democrats are blue. I'm Donald Trump. And I'm fucking off soon. The White House will have a new president. You know that it's true. I've been mad without precedent. It's sad. Because my madness is evident. And the coronavirus endorsed me for president. Trump is going to oh. win and you're going to lose. But that turned out to be fake news because hey. I left the country broken and tired. The American people told me you're fired. <laughs> wow. I've been shown the door. I'm a loser. Maybe Joe Biden has killed me. Wow. I've been shown the door. I'm a loser. Maybe Joe Biden has killed me. Outstanding. Outstanding. I rate that. He's not leaving the White House until, until uh, January. So, like... He's got time to totally wreck the place. Like, he, he's the type of guy to just totally destroy the place and, like, fuck up as much as he can before Biden gets in. So that'll be interesting to watch. From the field. From the field, Martin. Opportunity for us to talk about our working week. What has been happening? It's been a... Yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird week. It's felt really unproductive. I'm sure a lot of people can... Uh, relate but at the same time a lot of stuff's happened and I you think, mean you mean 2020 yeah it's been an unproductive year film wise again nothing the only closest bit of news i have from film is my monitor my actual monitor packed in the the usb-c port in the back cracked which is absolutely bizarre i think it's a heat thing other than that i'm in co-production with another production company in glasgow and we are developing a documentary series which i can't say much about just now it's a 2021 uh, project and uh, I look forward to sharing nice. more in the coming weeks and months. Other than that, Tunes in the House has been, it's been a big week for Tunes in the House. We were nominated for the, oh, it's a mouthful, MG Alba Scots Trad Music Awards as Community Project of the Year. Yes, thank you very much, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a, it's very humbling um, to, to be recognised alongside a bunch of different community projects that have run this year. 
Although mm. I do think it is kind of deserved. I think the, the stuff that we've achieved, not me, but the community as a whole, it's definitely it's deserved the shout out that it's getting at the moment. So been doing a lot of cool stuff like press work, a lot of newspapers and things like that. BBC, the, the actual award ceremonies on BBC Alba on the I think it's the twelfth of November, uh, December. So it's a live show. It's a really big deal. It's kind of like the Oscars for trad music. So I'm excited to be a part of it. It's a whole to- totally new world awesome. for me. So. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what comes of it. Well deserved. Uh, I've been super impressed with what you've created from literally nothing and from what, just a like a, a convo with your dad, right? Because he's he's big into his Scottish music himself. An incredible, <clears throat> incredible lockdown story. How about yourself? How's the working week been with you? I was out in production. I was out on production. Like like everything this year, it was like it was it was last minute, like total last minute half eight the night before. Um, are you available tomorrow? I was like, not like I'll have to shuffle things around. <laughs> University project, really quite interesting. Education's close to my heart. Um, and it was just nice to get out and communicate something pretty valuable in terms of education. So it's all about like feedback. And of course, you know, you've studied, I've studied, and the feedback that you get when you're studying is primarily from one being your lecturer or your professor Mm. or whoever it may be. Now, yeah, sure, valuable, but it's like from one one person's perspective. Now, what we do in the creative industries, as I'm sure you'll agree, is that we we look at our peers, we look at film, we look at other mediums, YouTube video, TikTok videos, whatever it may be, and we get inspiration and we are internally creating our own feedback based on other forms of content. It doesn't need to be the same form of content. So this is this uh, revolutionary piece of research within education, because that is not how education provides feedback traditionally. Uh, So this is what I was communicating on video. And really it was all about working with the professor on camera. Most people, and I'm sure you agree, think of videography because i'm a videographer you're a filmmaker most definitely and you you do videography work so to speak but my focus is videography and for me videography is working with people um pressing the button on the camera is is just how i capture my yeah what i'm actually delivering which is encouraging the best the best delivery that they can um and if there's one group of people that thoroughly appreciate my ability to do that is those in education because it's difficult. They're, they're used to different forms of communication. Um, and presenting on video, even if it is an interview, is not the easiest thing to do. People assume that it's easy. Mm. And I'm sure you've come across this oh, yourself, yeah. where people are like... What? Don't you just point and shoot? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? That's why I've got a van outside <laughs> yeah, for the equipment. Exactly. I just fucking press the button, Linda. <laughs> Fuck's sake, man. <laughs> Job done. Job done. So that, that was awesome. Uh, apart from that, it was, it was just a... A mix of things. I'm working with a guy called Reese from Bareface Studio. Mm. Uh, really awesome guy. Awesome, awesome company. Uh, he's been helping me develop the Fosho Crew website, which is the online platform. Um, really thoroughly enjoying working with him. So that's all good. Uh, just busy, man. Like, yeah, I've had a few days that have really knocked me for six. There's our working week. Anything else to add? <laughs> nope. Next segment. Mix it up. Mix It Up is the segment where we bring a piece of music that either has impacted our lives in some way, or maybe it's just something that we are listening to at the moment. So Mix It Up, Finn, take it away. 
Right, I, I delve deep into this one. Uh, deep into Ooh. into 2001. Way back where some of our viewers wouldn't have even been born yet. Bro, 2001, I was five. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I would have been, what, 17? Don't quote me on that, 2001. I was into my politics, right? Very, very left-wing leaning. Um, and into my, into my hip hop, you know? And so John Howard was our prime minister and he's like a mini Trump. That's how I would probably describe him. He's like, he's like Trump light with an Australian accent. Uh, and there was this situation with, uh, it was called the Tampa crisis or something, but um, basically these refugees uh, who were, their, their ship was sinking. They were saved by these Norwegian, I think it was Norwegian crew. They wanted to come to Australia um, and the government went, no. <laughs> Long story short, uh, they took this poll and the poll uh, was basically like, do you agree with the government's uh, decisions in regards to Tampa? And 77% of Australians, based on this poll, agreed with the government's decision to say, we don't want you in our country, even if you are refugees. I think they were from Afghanistan. Um, and in 2001 in Afghanistan, you can imagine why they were wanting to come to Australia. So The Herd, H-E-R-D, Australian hip hop band, freaking awesome, one of the best. This is their song called 77%. I'm left sitting here, staring into a beer Shaking my head at the same old loathing and fear Stranger in my own land, can't understand How the very word Australian has just been damned I fucking hate myself, take Aussie from my name Erase this endless shame, forever cast and blame If you don't act the same, will I destroy you? Everyone looks the same, beaten black and blue So I've had enough of these redneck pricks When fact is the only real... And there we have it. Nice. Do you know the music video reminds me of South Park a wee bit? Oh, the animation. Yeah, well, that was big 2001, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? What do you think of the, the Aussie hip-hop style? I like it. Do you know what? It's quite refreshing. I, I I can't say I've heard rap in the Aussie accent before, and I, I'm digging it. It's quite, it's quite fresh. I quite like it. Are these guys still going? Are they still making music or what? They may have released a, a single recently, but but check them out. There's, there's a great line at the end of that song. Uh, I think everyone should go to the show notes at cut-2.com to check out the direct link. But there's a great line at the end that says, um, uh, wake up, these cunts need a shake up. Wake up, these cunts need a fucking shake up. Uh, and you know, it just has a has a real like blatant political message with some yeah. classic Australian swearing. How can you go wrong? <laughs> right, Martin. Enough uh, enough about me mixing it up. I want you to mix it up for me. What do you What do you got for me? Well, I am a big fan of NPR Tiny Desk, and a lot of people who I bring this up to, they still haven't heard of it. So if you haven't heard of it, NPR. And this is a blatant plug. NPR is basically like the equivalent to the BBC in Washington. It's called, it stands for National Public Radio, and uh, it's like a multi-platform uh, thing. But it's nationwide. It's 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 nationwide, right? It's not just Washington. Yeah, just ba based out of Washington. So they have this series on YouTube, and it's called Tiny Desk Concert, and it's literally a 
desk in the NPR offices where they bring in musicians from all across the world, your favourite artists to artists you've never even, you can't even pronounce the names of. And it is consistently incredible. It's basically stripped down performances of original music. If someone hadn't watched it, they could compare it to BBC Live Lounge. It is fucking leagues better than BBC Live Lounge. Anyway, so Tiny Desk, every year, they do a competition called the Tiny Desk Contest. And it basically, they basically take submissions from artists all around the world. I think it was over 5,000. <laughs> Can I just say, I, Martin, it sounds, what? it sounds like, it sounds like it's, it's some sort of woodworking competition where you need to create the tiniest desk. And I can imagine that, like, you know, the desks get fucking tiny. But it's not. But it's not. It's about music. I can't believe you interrupted my flow there. It takes me so. It takes me so long to get this shit out. Anyway. I know, but this, okay. this is the um, point. I, it's I like stage fright when you're taking a piss. Anyway, anyway. So they host a contest, and the winner of this contest is an incredibly talented singer artist called Linda Diaz. She's from Manhattan, New York and mm. she's right on my street. The type of music she creates is like R&B, soul, kind of like neo-soul, really chilled out shit. All I'm saying is it's exciting to discover another artist at the point, at the brink of success. Do you Ooh. know what I mean? Oh, so you're you're calling it? Oh yeah, totally. I'm intrigued, hit me. But when it gets to be too much, I find myself in what I love. When I'm balancing sweatshirts, sweatpants, white noise, blue jeans, Linda Diaz, Green Tea Ice Cream. It's a song about all of her favorite things and I am here for it. So that is that is beautiful, beautiful music. It's kind of like, um, it's what I'd expect to hear in Australia, like the, the coffee cultures really like, like extreme. Like lounge, um, like chill out. Yeah, it's, the, yeah, it's, it's it, you'd walk into like the coolest coffee shop in Brisbane and, and that would be playing. Um, I, I reckon you just, you, you fancy her pants off, don't you? I mean, it's a contributing factor, but the music is great. <laughs> I News to me. News to me. The segment where we each bring a piece of news direct to one another and uh, we discuss. So, Finn, take it away. If I said the word bossware to you, B-O-S-S-W-A-R-E, Ever heard of that as a term? No. Sounds like software. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll definitely know what it is. So it's monitoring software specifically for employees. Now, <clears throat> completely legal to monitor your employees if it is written into the contract and or the employee handbook. It's pretty sketchy, right? Like they can do things like monitor all of your keystrokes including your personal keystrokes. They can monitor your screen. They can log in remotely, all without you perceiving any of this. Um, and, and this includes your personal stuff as well. So you could be log logging into your personal bank account, 
sending personal emails via your personal Google account, for example. And all of this can still be tracked by them completely legally. Some of this software is pretty sophisticated in terms of the review as well, so they can show timelines and you can speed through the timeline. It'll flag up keywords that, that you may have um, entered in as things like Facebook. I don't want my, uh, my employees enjoying their, their time on Facebook, talking to their friends, how fricking dare they. So all of this is highly questionable. Uh, but the thing that's depressing for me is that it completely erodes trust between yeah. yourself and your employer. Yeah. Um, but out with that, the, the stats, uh, so there's been lots of studies, because um, you know remote working really kicked off kind of early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, and ever since then, uh, these types of monitoring software have been cutting about. But there's an element of, if they're gonna be monitoring you and you're not aware of it, then where is that transparency? Yeah. And what happens in the future based on, I mean, we live in the UK, one of the, one of the biggest surveillance countries in the world. Like, I'm pretty sure there's more CCTV cameras in the UK than anywhere else. Yeah. And it's just a scary, scary future, I think. Um, so something to be aware of. So I wanted to bring that as some news to me because I used to work in call centers, so I was quite aware of this since the early 2000s about monitoring software. Um, but it's been ramped up with working at home. So if anyone's working from home, especially on work um, hardware, read your contract, be aware of what potentially is monitoring you. It's all about education, right? And luckily, unlike some countries, America, we are relatively educated across our population, which is one of the great benefits of, of this country compared to America. Uh, but yeah, I'd encourage people to check it out. Know your stuff. It feels like an invasion of privacy, but it's not if it's stipulated in the contract. So it's really, I think it's quite seedy. It's quite seedy. The workaround that I would say is just yeah. like, if you've got a work laptop and a personal laptop, just fucking make sure there's a, a, like a proper split between the two and keep your personal shit on there and do your work shit on there. And that's like the way I would combat that. But Last point, there's software that you can pay for that circumvents all of this. Just a little bit like criminals, like getting on top yeah, of yeah. new, yeah. Um, like, you know, police tactics. So there's software that, that you can, implement to kind of show that you're working <laughs> when course you could be is, man, doing like, something like the something ultimate else. slacker yeah, yeah. bring me some news mate what's what's bring me some news what's what's news to me for, for dramatic effect i'm going to pose three questions for you global music industry and let's not say 2020 because it's been a bit of a fucking write-off but say 2018 Global music uh, worth. What do you think it is in the billions? Let's say six, 60 billion. 19.1 billion. And oh. uh, the, the global box office, based on that number, the box office, Hollywood, how much do you think 19. they made? So just cinema. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with my uh, my original get. Six, 60 billion. Overshot just a, oh. just a bit. 41.7 oh. billion. Close to that time at least. 41.7 billion. Not too wow. far off. So I guess when people think of like the the entertainment industries, right? Your immediate your immediate thoughts are movies, TV shows, music, and 
video games, but video games is always at the lower end. So what do you think the global video games market has generated this year? I have to be honest and say because I listen to Radio 4, how hoity-toity of me, uh, I, I do know that it is more than both combined, uh, an even hundred billion. So the video games, the global games market um, is set to generate 159 Ooh. billion by the end of 2020. Ooh. And that is the basis for, for my news. So my relationship with gaming has been on and off for the last few years, but um, with the pandemic, with 2020 hitting, I picked up the controller and thank Christ I did because gaming um, and specifically a game called Warzone if you know you know um, it has become one of the most social things I have done all year without gaming I honestly don't know what I would have done the video games industry I think it's silently taking over the entertainment world as a filmmaker your job is to tell stories and you know as a filmmaker you're always looking for the best ways to, to tell these stories to present these stories for audiences to experience these stories whilst film is a great way of doing this and it's what i'm interested in films don't stay with me as long as tv shows and with tv shows you get seasons you get like 10 episodes in a season that's 10 hours you get multiple seasons so you have way more time with characters with story with the world building they stay with me a lot longer but games triple a games more importantly like the big blockbuster storytelling narrative led games you can spend from like 50 hours to 150 hours playing this game so it's super immersive you're actually you're dropped in this world this world full of characters full of stories full of things to do but with games you have that fourth dimension you are the hero you are the protagonist it's your story and that's why i'm really excited about how this is all developing you can see it in in the way that they create games now it's very similar to the film industry everything is like shot it's directed yeah, yeah. it's written it's it's performed the gaming engines and cgi they've, they've come so close now that they're working together to create new technologies to benefit both areas instead of like green screening now they have a, a whole studio full of monitors and panels and on those panels there are environments that are created the same way a game environment would mm. be created so they can have a city they could have a desert they could have a forest it's such a huge like shift in the way that we create things that's just a little indication an incredibly creative field is video games i think you're absolutely right it's an incredible field to be uh, working in and through computer science i think it'll become more accessible as the tools are made more accessible for those who aren't as computer literate as those who need to create them. Much like web design and things like Squarespace, you don't need to know how to code to create your own website right now. So maybe in the future, you won't need to code to create your own video game. So that's quite exciting. Check one, check two. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet, right? Because I had a great experience with this company recently. And it's a really valuable service. It's called Calendly. Others are available, of course. It's a, a, a meeting and booking system that syncs with your calendar. It satisfies loads of calendars, but it means that if you're needing to organize a meeting with a friend or a colleague or a client, you just send them a link. I include it in the, in the footer of my email. It's on the website. And it syncs with your calendar, so they can't book anything that you've pre-booked out or anyone's booked with you. And it saves me so much time. And I've used it for free because the basic account includes one calendar, right? 
But why I am shouting out to them specifically is I had an issue with it because we updated our Google domain name and everything and I couldn't get logged in because I was logged in as Google, right? And they operate a ticket system. I don't know about you and ticket systems, but as soon as I see a ticket system, all I see is like an agonizing wait to get it sorted. And then constant backwards and forwards to get it freaking done, right? So I was rolling my eyes immediately. Three minutes later, I kid you not, three minutes later, email in my inbox, hi Finn, that's all sorted. I could not believe it, could not believe it. So shout out to Calendly, never paid them a, a wink of cash and amazing turnaround time for a, for a relatively complex problem, but they got it immediately, no back and forward, great service, great technology. So there we have it. Other services are available. It's not a blatant plug, um, but yeah, check one, check two, Calendly. What about yourself? Okay, so for my check, check one, check two, I'm actually uh, reviewing an experience I had this week, and this kind of sums up my, my week as a whole if this was the highlight, but I wear glasses, right? I wear glasses and contacts, currently contacts. I had such a terrible experience in my last optician's appointment, which was two months ago. Like, the, the lassie that owns the place, like, she literally, like, threw a tantrum. Like, shit, you know, she threw an actual tantrum, this, like, 50-year-old woman. And um, because I, I was just wanting my prescription and wanting to go, and she's like, no, 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 we, we, we can't do that, we can't do that. Fuck that off. Moved back to Glasgow, booked an appointment at Vision Express in Byers Road, right? And let me tell you, holy fucking shit, what a difference. What a day and night difference. <laughs> so I walk in the door and I wasn't expecting much. You know, it's a chain, it's a chain store. It's an opticians, you know how it is. So I walk in, immediately greeted by this lovely, beautiful girl. I say beautiful, she's wearing a mask, you can only see her eyes, but her, her personality, just vibrated through her mask and I just I instantly felt <laughs> at ease and um, vibrated through her mask her personality <laughs> vibrated through her mask oh, this is beautiful lockdown chat she's like hi hi you must be Martin you must be Martin come with me let me just take your details that's lovely that's great I'll it and then she sat me down take all the details it was super pleasant so she passed me on to this other beautiful girl again personality just beaming through this mask she was just, just a gorgeous girl even though I could see her eyes and she took me through and she was the actual optician and she put me through and she was treating it as if because I was new in the books she was treating it as if I was brand new had never never been to opticians before and uh, so, so she's I was like a little boy she was like I'd sit up here that's a good boy and then she was taking me through the, all the all the equipment all this tape to tell me all but i just had I like i was i was i got nothing on i'll just let her finish i wanted her up and say like you know i've done this stuff i was in heaven man. I, was, I was all good and then she pat me off once that was done she pat me off around the front where all the glasses are and i'm looking at this wall of glasses and i'm like oh fuck jesus normally when i get glasses i have someone with me because like i'm just not great with like yeah. style and well I'm, i'd, I'd yeah, say i'm pretty I fresh most of the time but when it comes to glasses you need a mm -hmm. second opinion so i'm looking at this wall of glasses and i'm like oh fuck there's so many glasses here but just as my dread was settling in, this other beautiful girl comes in. Again, Get same out. personality, just be like beaming out of the out of the mask. And she's like, hi, I'm, I'm, I think her name was Lucy. Hi, I'm Lucy, I'm here to help you find the perfect pair of glasses. I was like, ow, fucking awesome, right? So what a like job. Out. I've got, she gives me this tray. I was like, do I touch the hey, glasses? Lucy. I put them on or what? So she gives me this tray and she's like, pick out your favorite glasses, we'll try them on, I'll give you a second opinion. I was like, okay, 
So I've got my glasses, I've got this bucket of glasses, I'm putting them on and I'm turning around and she's like the other side of the room, you know, social distance and that. She's like, take off your mask and you see how this fits with your face and all that stuff. And she wasn't just being nice, she was being like, I'd put on a pair of glasses, I'd look at myself in the mirror, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take these. She'd be like, no, 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 that, they don't fit your skin complexion, it's the wrong, your eyes aren't even center in the glasses. Was she, was she trying to upsell you to the more expensive glasses? No, 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 no. The first thing she said was, what's your budget? And I looked at the wall of glasses and it said 50 up to 180. But I was like, there's not really a budget. Just, you know, see what see what works best. Nice. She's like, all right, okay. Good so answer. I pick up the first pair of glasses over in the 180 section, put them on. I like these, I'll take these. And she's like, okay, scanned it. 850 quid for these glasses. And I was like, what the? And then I noticed the little plus sign the little plus sign next to the 180. I was like, yeah, I think it's gonna be a budget here, Lucy. <laughs> how how in depth was this sales this sales experience? So she was testing like whether they were presented to my face, whether the color matched my skin tone, my hair. It was just anyway. So this was like a whole process. Venereal it was, diseases. Honestly, it was such a know. lovely. It was such a lovely process. It was such a lovely process. And um, the place was dead because it's all appointments, right? So I had all three women that I'd, I'd met already all out, sitting by the, the, the desks. And then another one came out. So I had these four beautiful women with beautiful what? personalities coming out of their masks. And they're all like, they're all like, oh yeah, no, mine turn, just turn a little bit to the No, not those ones. Yeah, what about, yeah, I like, the, I like those ones. And then we all agreed together that those were the ones for me. So I wow. bought those glasses. Honestly, I, I felt, I felt like a bride. I felt like a bride who was with all her girlfriends, all the bridesmaids, were all drinking prosecco and we're picking out the perfect wedding dress. That's what the experience was like, and it was phenomenal. I came out fresh and I came out feeling pampered, ready to seize the day. It was just such a great day. I dig it, man. Vision Express Buyers Road. If you need glasses, you get them there. If you don't need glasses, just fucking go there anyway. It's free for an eye test. Fucking why not? They're going to be inundated with uh, <laughs> our current audience of a handful. Zero and five people will turn up there and go, I heard about you on Cut 2 Podcast. Uh, just wondering, um, the, the eye test is free, correct? Couples therapy. This is the segment where we each bring a deeply personal issue and the other person tries to diagnose it using the handbook. So Finn, what can I do for you? Here's, here's something that I, I don't consider it. I have a problem with. So you're already in denial, that's fine. That's fine, let me just take a few notes there. Refusing to accept something that exists or happened. <laughs> denial can also involve altering the meaning of an event so that its impact is diverted. You may no. just say to yourself, that's not so important after all. This is the common sour grapes response. Well, that's not the case at all, Martin. Well, you're cured! Congratulations! <laughs> it, it's probably summarized best universally as work-life balance. If you've got a job and an employer in a, in a high, highly demanding industry, so I'm thinking film and TV, finance, law, Things like this where if you are not putting in the time, the effort, you will not progress because someone else will. 
and there's lots of industries like this. Now, I don't work within an industry in that way because I have largely worked for myself, but I do so within a field that I personally enjoy. So a lot of the work that I do is tied up with my interests and often I'll be working on something Specifically in terms of development, Fosho Crew is a very good example of that, where I don't necessarily see it as work. You could see it as me progressing a personal interest, but when you work for yourself, things merge. So I think this is probably a big problem with a lot of people and increasingly in 2020, because many of us are still, still working from home. And that work-life balance is now entwined in the same location. Technology forces us to be so attached to things. And I think work-life balance doesn't even relate to work anymore. I think it's about just balance. And so, there's a few things that I've done over the last few years to create a better balance for me, my life, and other people who I see on a day-to-day -day basis. And one of them was to nearly rule out all social media activity. And it was one of the best things that I did. If your app is on the, the home screen of someone's smartphone, you have one. You have yeah, one their attention. So I, I maintain social media from a business perspective, but see, personally, I want to interact with people like you used to. What's what's your um, idea on work-life balance? My, yeah, my, my work-life balance isn't great at the moment, and I think a big part of that is because of um, the fact that I have no actual work, so it was a proper kick up the arse to kind of do anything and everything I can to you know, generate income or generate, you know, busyness in general because, like, my biggest hate is not being busy and, like, because I feel like the minute you're not busy, you feel like a total, at least I do, I feel like a total failure. It's like I've got nothing going on. I'm totally, like, wasting about. So I, I haven't seen a lot of my mates for, for, for like, months and, like, I guess COVID's a big factor in that. But um, even with opportunities when we were able to meet up and stuff, I would still kind of choose work over that and I think a big part of that is just because I need to keep working. I'm lucky to be working at a time where a lot of people aren't, so I'm taking full advantage yeah. of that. But generally, I try to keep a good work-life balance. I switch off from social media during the week. Like you were saying about the, the front home screen, well, what I do is I take all those apps from that home screen and I move them to the back. I move them to like page eight of apps so that when I pick up my phone, which you always do, like 40 times a day, 50 times a day, as soon as I open that, it's like a chore to scroll through. Nice. So like you're less inclined to check out Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, YouTube. And the same goes for notifications, bum them yes. off. As iPhones have a great feature called screen time and it's it's you still have to commit to it because I put it on before and I was like, ah, fuck this, I'm switching it off. But screen time, what I tend to do is I figure out when I wake up in the morning. So if I wake up between um, like seven and eight, what I'll do is put on screen time between seven and 10 or 7 and 12 so that means that I can't access any of these apps that I normally access first thing in the morning and I feel like that really helps with productivity and the work-life balance. So Martin, talk to me. Alright, so I've got a, a very deeply personal issue that um, has come to light in recent months and I really hope that it's normal 
and um, that it's you know you can diagnose it today because it it's not worrying me but um, it might after this conversation basically <laughs> basically I talk to myself quite a lot right and I'm not talking like where are my keys or we're out of milk I'm talking like I'll sit and have a fabricated conversation with characters in my mind for like an hour, two hours, while I'm working, while I'm in the shower, while I'm eating breakfast, while I'm having dinner. I'll have full on fucking conversations yeah. with people in my mind. Like, I shit you not, I've had this conversation with you at least 15 times this week. <laughs> Are you are you vocalizing the conversations, or are, are they all yeah, internal? I'm speaking out loud. No, I'm really speaking out loud. Different characters. No, I'm only speaking me, and then you're in my head. Oh, mate, I don't think that's necessarily anything to worry about. Vocalizing something like that may seem strange to some people. Like I do the same, but I wouldn't vocalize it. You know. And I, I don't think vocalizing it is anything strange because that's just an expression um, in a different way. But man, like I, I bat things around in my head in the exact same fashion. That's the difference. I'm not thinking about stuff. I'm like, <laughs> are you playing them out? Are you playing them out? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm playing out yeah. like scenarios in my head. It is. It's weird. It's usually business related. It's usually business related conversations. Not just like, oh, how you doing? It's like full on like pitching in my head, but I'm saying it out loud with this person who's totally fabricated. I don't even know what this person's like, but I've made up this entire character of them and I'm chatting to them. Am I a psychopath? <laughs> How I would explain that is you're projecting scenarios. Um, so I, I do the same. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it in the same way, but I, I think about, so if I'm needing to deliver a a pitch to a client or I or I've got a really important call coming up I'll run through uh, potential futures like potential eventualities like what you're doing is but do you talk do you like say them out loud do you like oh yeah no no see like, oh, no see, yeah George see. I love the work you're doing today because that's what I do. No, see, I literally see, fucking talk no, but that's, to these people out see, loud. I was out, I went to the bins out the other day and my neighbours were out having a cigarette, right? They're below me. And they were like, oh yeah, so like, who do you live with? I was like, oh, no one. They're like, really? I swear I've heard people like in the flat. Like, Zoom, Zoom nah, calls, man. I just make a lot of calls, Zoom bro. Calls. I just, yeah, I make a lot of calls. It's like, that's when I realised, oh, fuck, I talk to myself. Like, I, like, oh, like right now, my neighbours are probably thinking I'm fucking talking to myself. But, um, no, I shit you not. Like, I spend the majority of my day talking to myself. It's fucking weird. And I think it's, it's maybe not weird, but nobody talks about that. So I'm not sure if it's weird or not. <laughs> Do you well, know what, I mean? you know what mate? Firstly, let me say um, thanks for bringing that up. If anyone else does this, please comment below. You know, like, let us know um, uh, what your experience is with this. I, I don't think that's too strange, mate. Like, in all honesty, do you do you voice the, like, so if you're, so, so this conversation that we're having now, would you be voicing me out loud as no. well as you? You're in my head. Oh. You're in my head. Just all right. me. All right. All right. So... That would be so like I'd be I'd be a little bit more um <laughs> like confused 
confused by this um, because I, I'm no expert, but but I think that would be a, a like a question mark and kind of like, oh, now you're like voicing me out loud, voicing voicing yourself out loud. Like I do this, I do this, but just I don't voice it out loud. What that probably is is your way of um, it's it's the best way of you um, preparing yourself. Because you're just strategizing, right? Like, like military um, people will do this. People in communications do this. Actors do this. Creative minds, right, do work differently and project their creativity and their process in a variety of ways. And I have seen your work and the way that you craft and create. And I would just see this as a pre-production process that facilitates you developing the finished product. Thanks, Finn. That's really put my, my mind at ease. Um, and also the way you frame that, it's like everything that I'm doing is like pre-production for something that's going to happen. So all those conversations I've had with Margot Robbie, it seems like we are going to end up together. It's inevitable. <laughs> it's inevitable. Well, this is pre-production, bro. Just set up the call sheet and then a location agreement and that's us, we're good. I wish people would be more vocal with their, their personal issues. And I'm glad we have this as a segment because I'm looking forward to deep diving in a lot more. I am likewise really looking forward to it because <clears throat> as we all know, men's mental health is uh, not spoken about. And young men these days, uh, especially with the rise of social media and the pressure on men to look a certain way to be a certain way young men and boys don't feel like they can communicate how they feel i hope potentially that this can go in some way to help that so yeah let's 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 break the mold man let's expound the boundaries of our potential and all of that jazz Blatant plug. Blatant plug, our opportunity to give a blatant plug. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that our blatant plug is going to be the same this episode because I would like to blatantly plug Tunes in the Hoose nomination. Plug it! You're the best person to plug it because I think this is incredible. And what, a, what an incredible, um, like, you know, celebration of all of the work that you've done simply is being nominated. So plug it out. I'll quickly surmise. So Tunes in the Hoose is an online community where people send in a video of them playing a piece of Scottish music and then other people listen to that song. They play along whilst filming themselves, send it into me, I put it together. And at the end of it, we have this virtual Kaylee performance, right? So this has been awesome. happening for the last eight months. It's grown and grown and grown. We are currently at like two and a half million views worldwide in 75 plus countries. We've got a, a roster of 853 musicians from, again, all across the world. And we have 10 and a half thousand followers, like dedicated audience, which is like unheard of for this scene. Some of these musicians play in pubs, like when it was normal. So like to have like an audience that's more than 30 is like insane. It's a great opportunity for musicians to, to get some exposure. And that's what we kind of, focus our goals around and uh, we have been nominated for community project of the year in the mg alba the bbc alba scottish trap music awards which is again the oscars for traditional scottish music 
It's a nomination process, so we've been nominated first of all, but now it's a public vote. And the public vote closes on the 16th of November, don't quote me, mid-November, you've only got about a week left. So head on over to www.tunesinthehoose, that's two O's, not house, don't be a dick, .com. And then at the top of the site, you'll see the vote here. You click that, you vote, and, and the thing with the vote is it's going to bring up a huge um, survey of all the categories. You don't have to vote for all these categories if you don't know these musicians. Don't let it put you off. You can just tap Tunes in the Hoose. I recommend, you know, if you have the time, listen to some of these incredible albums, support some of these yeah. artists. What I will uh -huh. say on top of the Tunes in the Hoose nomination is Musician of the Year um, has gone to Peter Wood. That's one of the nominations. Vote for him. He was the inspiration behind the project. And also hmm. Performance of the Year has gone to Pete Clark, also a collaborator in the Tunes in the Hoose project. So it's great to see these people who have made a big impact on the project be recognized for their own merits so vote for pete pete and tunes in the house am i saying it right tunes in the house who's <laughs> tunes in the house um but yeah man like i am so like you know i i know i've said it to you multiple times but i'm i'm super impressed with with what you've created this year with <clears throat> tunes in the house um it is it is phenomenal and and well deserving of the nomination and irrespective of win or not man like such a valuable thing for all of those musicians like my gosh like you've done such a service for them so i salute you dear sir cut to pick me up <laughs> Pick Me Up is a segment where we each bring a positive story or a positive bit of news or a positive fucking anything. It could be a joke, it could be anything. Um, because, you know, generally in 2020 it's been a rough year and we could all use a pick me up. So we'd love to finish the show on a pick me up. Now, in saying that, I found this incredibly hard to uh, do with the, you know, considering the same stuff that I just said, like it's been a rough year, man. Like I, I, I've, I've just found it really hard to find some positive stories. Um, so I enlisted the help of my uh, 12 guy friends. I sent out a mass message to a bunch of guys and I said, come on guys, surely somebody's got something that's worth fucking mentioning in this section. And of those 12 guys, two guys responded. So the first one said, um, nothing good in my life, I'm afraid. And then the second one followed by saying, I too live an extremely shit life. Sorry, Martin. Hilariously, these two guys are in both steady, loving relationships, which is why I've, I've blanked out their names. So, you know, <laughs> so that was that. So instead, so instead I thought I would just, you know, try and, try and, you know, lift the spirits a bit through a little, a little, um, I've only practiced this once, a motivational little speech for you. All right, sorry, sorry, no, no, wait, wait, give me a second, give me a second, because that was, that was a fucking hilarious. I too live a shit life. Oh, that totally resonates. Oh, Jesus. Boy, has it been a tough year. Fucking hell. All right, let me compose myself. <clears throat> Hit me. <clears throat> I call this speech walls. So this has been a year full of what I would call walls. Walls that you can't climb over, walls that you can't dig under, walls that you can't go around. So Finn, what do we do when we hit a wall? We smash right through it. 
damn straight. What do we do when we hit a wall fist? Smash right through it! Love what it. do we do when we hit a wall fist? Smash right through it! We smash right fucking through it. We're gonna hit a lot more walls this winter. We're gonna hit a lot more walls this year. So don't waste time looking for a ladder to climb over. Don't waste time looking for a shovel to dig under it because you ain't getting over it. You ain't getting under it. You're getting around it. You just gotta fucking smash right through it. Brute force, it's the only way you're gonna get shit done. Wow, I feel inspired. The problem is, though, dude, all I want to do is to break stuff, and that's not necessarily productive sometimes. <laughs> it could be as simple as, like, getting to the gym in the morning. Like, you're lying in bed, you're like, fuck this, I can't be honest getting up. Just fucking do it, because as soon as you get up, as soon as you stand up and you're mm. ready to go and you start moving, you're walking to the gym, like, there's no turning back, so you just do it. And once you come out of the gym and you and you, you feel great, which you always do, um, you, you, you'll thank me or you'll thank yourself, so... It's just a case of just fucking doing it. It's not thinking like, oh, I can't be honest, oh, I'm tired. Just fucking get up, smash through the wall and do the fucking shit you're supposed to do. The most beneficial things in life are the hardest things to do. So mm. if you're wanting to feel uh, a sense of completion, a sense of self, a sense of having a place in the world, you need to do hard things. You can't just do easy things. You need to <clears throat> smash through the wall. The wall is the hard thing. Yeah. And if you don't try to smash through it, you'll never know what's on the other side of it. And therefore you're always being constrained by that wall. And that's what I would add to your wonderful, wonderful uh, slam poetry. Cause you're, you just need to slam that wall down, <laughs> you know? Love it. Man, that is, that's really inspiring. That, that is truly inspiring, Martin. Thank you for that. Fired up. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm ready to buy another crate. I mean, fuck, I'm getting on the aftershock, boy. <laughs> if there's anything that's gonna help you smash through that wall, it's a little aftershock. Head first, that is, bro. That is Come smashed on. through some, some 3 a.m. walls in the time, I tell you. Oh my Jesus god, I hate cinnamon. Jesus. Holy fuck. Yeah, cheers to smashing through walls, guys. Hope you get up nice and early. I'm not going to be getting up early and going to the gym, but I hope you do. Cheers, guys. Take care. Mm. Oh god. I actually am. <coughs> COVID. Oh god, I feel like fucking 15. Holy shit. You look 15 compared to me. Are you kidding me, bro? I've, I've aged about 15 years in the last week. <laughs> So I've got a good balance to your um, amazing message. Look at this dude. Oh, fuck yeah. Right? So this What's is, this is a rescue dog. This is a rescue dog that helps save endangered whales by sniffing out their poop as a conservation canine. How much shit is that dog gonna have to have smelt to get that qualification? <laughs> dogs, dogs are innate at it. But after being discarded as a young pup, this is a shelter dog, right? It's named Eba, E-B-A, now using its unique talent to save uh, species such as the orca whale. That's amazing. Right, so this dog literally like helps um, conservationists find orca whales and uh, and help protect them. How freaking awesome is that? And look, look at that cool dude, man. What a good boy. Oh, I know, right? Everyone loves a dog. Who doesn't love orca whales? That's amazing. That's great. It's a whole program that trains dogs to hunt for marine wildlife droppings. Um, it's called Conservation Canines. So like I had never, like obviously dogs are used for, for so many um, 
elements to, to satisfy what we lack, which is a sense of smell, um, you know, to that extent. Uh, but I'd never heard about um, like them being used in marine life. So quite incredible, quite incredible. Can I please follow up with something even more incredible? Of course, go. Cool. I lie, it's not more incredible. Oh. However, <laughs> if you're interested in buff men and animals, not in a weird sense, this isn't some sort of like deep web craziness. <laughs> um, this is something wholesome. It's something good. It's for a great cause. And uh, boy, boy, I wish I looked like the majority of these dudes. So these are Australian firefighters posing with native Australian animals. Which one's the animal? That's, that's what I ask. Which one's the animal? Ooh, you'd have to get them into bed. I don't like how you stared at my soul. I like how the kangaroo is stoned though. <laughs> the kangaroo is definitely- The kangaroo definitely doesn't know what the fuck's later. going on. Is, is the guy making you feel is the guy making you feel emotions you've never felt before, Martin? <laughs> Wait till you see this guy. That's fine. He's not huh? staring into my fucking skull. All right, let's let's find. What about this guy? Nah, the koala's cool. I like koalas. What about this guy? Yeah, he's a good boy. Huh? I mean, gosh, like I've been I've been desperate to get my pecs into some sort of pec shape for I think over a decade now. And because of my penchant for beer, instead of, I guess, fighting fires, I have struggled with that. But here's something that I'm going to do over the course of this podcast, maybe. So tune in next year to see, to see if I'm going to like this. <laughs> are you sure these are fire fires? Of course they're... Of course. I find it weird that all these guys are like working together. Dude, there's no way that they all work together in one crew. Otherwise, every woman and gay man in the in the city would be setting their house on fire. That would be the worst thing possible. <laughs> this is why it's such this is why it's such a good feel-good uh, story. Check this one out. How Mate, good how feel-good is that? This is the fucking wettest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like this is <laughs> This is fuck this. I give a shit off my history. Like, <laughs> I've I've known a, a few firefighters in my time, and they work so hard. They get paid so little. They often have several jobs, and really, they are they are lifesavers. Like you, you can't you can't really get better than a life saver in my mind and firefighters are, are definitely that before we we play the audience out with a little bit of content is there anything that you'd like to say before we cut to i wanted to just thank you all for 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 grabbing a drink and chilling with us and hope you hope you've enjoyed this show and and look forward to next week's episode where we do something even more interesting and sellable finn take it away Agreed. Guys, if you're if you're watching <laughs> at this point, then we definitely do deserve your follow, your like, your subscribe. Hit that bell button. What's up? What's up, YouTube? All that jazz. What's you up, know, YouTube? You know, like, just show us some love. Don't forget you know, if to like and got... subscribe. <laughs> exactly. If you've gotten this far, 
literally go to cut to cut-to.com subscribe and we really appreciate your yeah. attention let us know what you think below and i've got some awesomeness to play us out to let me just cue it up here so here we go i'm gonna play us out right now thanks so much for watching i've been finn and this has been martin <laughs> we didn't even practice that at all and look how smooth it was we did it and that was so is... fucking smooth <laughs> this has been cut to the podcast Thank you so much for watching, and here is some awesomeness to play you out to. Everything, as it begins, eventually comes to an end. The adventures we share, the people we share them with, sometimes we may feel lost, searching for something. But if we look to the horizon, sometimes a faint light appears, and we set sail to the very corners of the earth. One. Wow.